Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. You know what the score is. We're going through every single Metallica song with a guest. We're appreciating the highs and the lows of the discography. It's mainly highs, you know, and there's some lows as well, but they're always fun to appreciate. And, you know, we're going through, we're reviewing. As ever, if you want to get in touch with me in any way, get in touch with me at MetallicaPod. If you want to come on the show, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Like today's guest, like all the other guests, you can get in contact with me there. Let me know what song you want to do. As I have said on the recent shows, as I did say when I was on Metal Up Your Podcast, definitely check out that episode, Top 5 Underrated Songs. Really fun episode. And of course, the guys were on the show just recently for Enter Sandman as well. I've pretty much got up to the L's and the M's. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff available. So if you want to come on for Seek and Destroy, Shorty Straw, we're probably going to be doing those in the depths of 2019 but if you want to come on please do um please leave us a review on itunes as well if you'd be so kind and if you want to support us on patreon we're on there as well uh patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica thank you so much for sarah sobek uh for donating on patreon recently she's a new patron thank you so much but uh yeah we're gonna get to today's guest today's fan all the way from denver uh kevin kevin how's it going man it's going well tom good to be here very very, very good to have you man and um where did it start for you, Metallica? Let's just put it out there right there. What was the What was the first time you ever heard the band? Um, well, that's kind of tough to say. I really mm. got into them in about 2003. Okay. So by that time, the Black Album has essentially become sort of part of the American zeitgeist of oh, music. Yeah. But um, when I really got into them, I bought the Live Shit Binge and Purge album. And I can still remember where I was in my car listening to that. Mm. And they open up with, you know... Ecstasy of Gold, and then Enter Sandman, and then I had never heard Creeping Death before. Yeah. So <laughs> James starts out that song with "Fuck yeah, we're ready, you ready, my friends." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What? You can say that on an album?" <laughs> and that just like reached out of the speakers and grabbed me by the throat. And then they go into Creeping Death, and that just ripped my head off. Yeah. And then I was a Metallica fan for life. You've got you've got to be, haven't you? Yeah. I, I remember hearing Creeping Death as well. I remember being on holiday in Turkey with my family when I was like 15 or something and having Ride the Lightning on my iPod and sort of knowing the songs quite well. And then I remember just listening to Creeping Death on repeat. You know, it just, one of those songs that sort of transcends its boundaries. And and going forward as a fan then from there, just been a diehard, right? Listen to everything? Yes. I listened to St. Anger once. That's all that's required, (laughs) but everything else was fantastic. (laughs) Not a St. Anger fan. No, not at no, all. No, okay, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, you, um, you, you fraternized with royalty. You, you went to the Metal Up Your Podcast party, is that right? I did, I did. It was fantastic to meet those guys. I uh, met Brad Blazik, oh, really man. great guy. Lo- I, lo- I, met, I, I love Brad Blazik. Like, I've never yeah, met him, fantastic. but I've, I, like, um, have you listened to Single Podcast Theory? Just a couple of times, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, what, what, what a lovely guy. I think I saw a photo of him rocking the Justice shirt, actually, when he was there, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, as, as I said in the past episode as well, um, maybe we're going to do a London meetup uh, in the future. A few people have got in contact with me. There is some interest there. There's some groundswell. But, um, you know, uh, we're here to talk about Justice, you know, Eye of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, what are your thoughts on this album? You know, it, it doesn't necessarily divide a lot of people, but it seems to have. I know, for instance, Brad Blazik, uh, it's his favourite Metallica album. He's a huge fan of that. It obviously seems to be one of those albums that people really, really are into or maybe don't consider as highly as the rest. Yeah, I'm probably in the camp of not considering quite as highly as the rest. Master mm-hmm. of Puppets is, I think, overshadows this album, mm-hmm. but I've really gotten into it as of late. I think the subject matter is really good the lyrics are really good and i mean you can't you can't mess with songs like blackened and no. that 
and that kind of stuff. So, and I think "Eye of the Beholder" is really underrated as a song, especially the lyrics. Yeah, I, I totally agree actually with the lyrics. Um, as I'm at pains to say throughout the show, we're, we're not necessarily a podcast that sort of you know puts the fine tooth comb through the lyrics. But I think in today's political environment, especially sort of post fake news, etc., like something like "Eye of the Beholder" so relevant, right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's. It's funny to think that something written in the late 80s is so apropos yeah. right now. I think that's James's superpower in lyric writing is to have something both vague and powerful at the mm-hmm. same time, which I think is a really fine tightrope to walk. Truth is an offense. You know, an early thing that he says as well there. Uh, do you trust what I trust? Me, myself, and I? Which is it's just perfect. A brilliant lyric. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of it deals with... Uh, you know the individual, the individual versus tyranny, or the structure of things in society, or oppression in general. I tend to think of it as a corrupt system pushing down the individual. Uh, I really like that the I think the song itself and its structure sort of mirrors what they're trying to rail against a very ordered structure. Yes. So I thought that was very cool. Yes, yes, you're completely right. And I mean the the, the intro, which is quite a rare thing really for Metallica with the fade in. I don't know how yes. many of them they've done. I don't, you know, I've listened to a lot of Metallica throughout this podcast. I can't think of too many times they faded in. And I can't get enough of that march. You know, it feels quite modern in a sense, like a, a breakdown of a post metal band, you know, just the open strings, just chugging away as it comes in. Lars's drums sort of throbbing away. And when it really comes into its own, when it has that little descent there and, and builds on, it, it's such a powerful prospect, isn't it? That first minute of Eye of the Beholder. Oh, yeah, that's it's fantastic. I think there's a reason they keep that in the justice medley. And you're right about the fade in. I thought about that for a little bit and I just sort of, maybe I'm going too far with my metaphors here, but it fades in like it, it's, it has always been there. Like the structure of society has always been there. There's always the threat of tyranny and oppression. I like that. I like that Uh, a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like how Orion fades out and it it gives me that same sort of feeling of it always kind of existing in that world. And uh, yeah, there, there is an order, isn't there? There's, there's, there's a motion to this thing. It's such an, an assault on the senses and the way James is singing as well. It's, it's, it's a low um, throated sing and there's kind of, um, I don't know. It's like a subtle vocal flange. I don't know if you heard that on his voice, like a bit of an effect there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like the words that he chooses that he goes through throughout the song, about the first half is see, hear, feel, take, as in endure something, and fear. It's all sort of passive words, like something being put upon the subject of the song. And then after that, about the middle, it's more proactive words like mm. choose, need, trust, know, want. Mm. It's like the individual realizing that the structure is not is not what they want, and they have to do something about it. Yeah, What yeah. that is is never explained at the end of the song, but I guess that's for the the listener to figure out yeah no that, that that's some top tier harvard literary analysis there i like that i never <laughs> considered that but that's so true and another thing that i thought in my notes i thought okay is this sort of a contrived point but now now you're sort of saying this thing i'm sort of seeing it come true. when he says independence limited it's almost like a company like independence limited like damage <laughs> inc you know it's just kind of exactly. a manufactured conceit there i love 
the the character of justice the sense where master and 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 ride and kill them all to a certain extent although kill them all is a bit more adolescent in comparison to the second and third albums like this mm-hmm. is a complex album guitar wise there are there you know like like life is complex like the political existence is complex like there's so many time changes and you know um when there doesn't matter what you see that riff i think it's in 12a i don't know exactly my signatures there but it's always off kilter, isn't it, Justice? You never quite know where you are rhythmically in the song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There are lots of different changes that sort of knock you off of whatever path you were on. It sort of keeps you on your toes, which is a, a cool aspect of Justice and this song, I think, in particular. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, lyrically, again, I just want to say it is a knockout. And as it as it sort of continues through the song as well, um, you know, the idea of self-censorship, the, the, the thematic, the, the way you sort of freedom is a word that he wrenches as well. James sings it in lots of different guises mm-hmm. there. And sort of I love the solo as well. I love the sort of exotic you know everyone says egyptian because it always just sounds a little mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm sure there are other cultures that it's more akin to um but you have sort of kirk's phrasing there that builds it out and then kirk's solo as a whole which a lot you know similar what he was doing around this period it's kind of quite quite wrought quite cruel loads mm-hmm. of large bends and dips and there's quite a lot of pain and agony and i think is what he's playing yeah i agree i wasn't sure what you were going to say about the solo i know you like uh <laughs> like death magnetic which is not my favorite work of kirk's i remember hearing an interview with him and he said that he came in not so much planned for his solos and he just felt the solos which is fine but this i like when kirk has a direction when he links it back to the song when it's a little more reined in Mm. uh it's not a a super shredding kirk hammett solo you know just like the theme of the song it's like he could go out there and just obliterate everything but he's being held back by some invisible reins yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all tied together fantastically. And it's a shame then that for such an interesting song and for a song that's really celebrated, like one of the things that I love to do, as I said before on the show, is to read the YouTube comments, you know, to see what people are saying about this track. And and so many of the comments on the song are like, oh my God, this is so relevant in 2018. Like, you know, it could have been written <laughs> yesterday. You know, like if you're listening to this, whatever. Um, And, you know, people wanted to hear this song. The song was played a lot live at the time of the release, 125 times, but it mm. hasn't been played in full since 1989, uh, July yeah. 14th in Middletown, New York. Now, um, I believe uh, they did this thing, didn't they, Metallica? I think it was in May of 2017. Now that we're live, and they did like a sort of live rehearsal. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think they played the opening bars of I Beholder, if I'm not mistaken, then. I I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember actually seeing that, but yeah. I think that the band genuinely likes this song. I think James genuinely likes the riff. I mean, mm. they include it in the little video segment in their live performances. Yeah. Um, I wanted to hear the whole thing, obviously, but I've gone back and listened to uh, what they have on LiveMetallica.com. There's an Austin show and an Osaka, Japan show, oh, cool. and I gotta say, this is one of the very, very rare songs, if not the only one, where the live version doesn't seem to have the same power or gravity as it does on the album, and maybe that's yeah. just me. Yeah, yeah, I um, I listened to a version from Hartford, Connecticut, and it's quite funny because James forgets the lyrics, and he sing- <laughs> he sings like I'm forgetting the lyric, and and, <laughs> and the bass is re- 
really loud as well. It's like, um, I think it was taken on a camcorder from the side of the stage. And you've got to, like, give thanks to people back then in 1989 for smuggling one of those things in. Like, you know, it's so appreciated. And yeah, that's not a small job. No, not at all. And I imagine back then as well, it was like a giant VHS boombox sort of thing, you know. Well, no, no iPhones. And you can hear the bass rumbling. And, I mean... Kevin, you talk about justice, you've got to talk about Jason and the bass. You can't really hear it on this track, but arguably it kind of makes it almost more claustrophobic, doesn't it? it kind of more scooped out. Right. There's a little more tension in it. Mm. It's like, there should be something here, but I just can't get to it. Yeah. yeah. Just like the, the subject of the song is like, I just can't get past this impediment in front of me. Yeah, there's no sort of solid grounding foundation to sort of feel to feel steady on. You know, there's just sort of this loose gravel underneath. And um, yeah, lots lots of cool stuff in this song. I love the the riff, which is kind of the, the riff before the solo, which is kind of hard to sing. It's kind of one of these justice riffs. There's mm-hmm. a lot of chugging with a few notes in between there, but I'm sure if you listen back, you know what we're talking about. And uh, again, it's just kind of quite treacherous ground that it's built upon. And um, yeah, Eye of the Beholder, I think for a lot of people is one of those songs that, yeah, may- maybe, maybe, maybe they will play it live because they did that thing um, now that we're live. But then again, they have been playing a lot of Death Magnetic songs in the tuning room lately, which I haven't seen debuted. But it seems like rumours are pointing to, and I, I saw Matt, like your podcast, post on Instagram the other day that they're possibly doing an arena tour in the US this year. That'd be fantastic. I Wouldn't would go. It? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Like, you know, I mean, we, we effectively got a arena tour in the UK just recently. But um, yeah, they uh, that, that that would be amazing to see, especially if they went a bit more inward as well with the song listing, such as a song like this. But um, any, any any more um, thoughts on either Behold? Any closing thoughts? I think, like we've said already, you could make this song today and it would be just as applicable the you can do it your own way if it's done just how i say that just brought to mind james's interview on joe rogan's podcast oh, about living in california it's like yeah. diversity the way we want it yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing yeah, yeah, yeah um i tried to delve into metallica and philosophy the uh, crash course in brain surgery yes, book yes yes i didn't get a whole lot out of that book i'm sorry to say but no i uh, agree i agree i found it a little sort of Lots of, you know, tenured professors trying to hackney some, uh, you know, Marxism into, like, Reload or something. It's just, yeah, it did. The, the Napster chapter's good. Um, I, I haven't actually read the whole book, so I can't review the whole thing, but I agree with what you're saying, definitely. Yeah, the audiobook doesn't help either. Oh, right, I, okay. They, they do the, the main themes of freedom of speech as a charade, individual individuality and authenticity, uh, make your life your own. But again, like you said, it's a it's a bunch of people using Metallica as a vehicle to show how much they know about philosophers. Yeah, and say things like Dostoevsky and Nietzsche and Kierkegaard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was a little bit. And funny you mentioned the uh, Joe Rogan interview. Actually, I'd like to do an ep. I don't know if that's a bit like tautology. Me recapping a podcast episode, but I just really enjoyed it, and I think it, it was a treat to see. And uh, Lars needs to go on Joe Rogan, right? I mean, that has to happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Lars has his own podcast, so it would make sense. And I guess Rogan's the biggest podcaster in the world, right? I don't think there's anyone bigger than him right now. No, I can't think of anybody that has more reach than Joe Rogan. No, I, th- I can't. I, mean, I was I was watching an episode recently, and I can't remember who it was, but some guy said to him that he's the most listened to person in the history of the world. And it's yeah, kind that of... may have been the Jordan Peterson episode. Is that the Jordan Peterson episode? Asking him, how, how do you feel about being the most... <laughs> Uh, listen to man on the planet right, or something that's exactly. right that's right that's right yeah which is yeah I, I, I know how you feel joe i know how you feel but um 
<laughs> but no, um, every, everyone I'm sure has checked out the, uh, the the James and Joe episode, and um, let us know uh, in the comments what you think about the song Either Beholder, what you think about Justice, um, you know, what you think about Kierkegaard, all these things we want to hear about on the show. Uh, follow us at MetallicaPod and get in touch with us as well. Um, you've um, you've seen the band twice live, and it was both on the worldwide tour. Is that right? Yes, the first time I had ever seen them was uh, this past year in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clint Wells was there. I think oh, wow. Alex Finney was there. Oh, Brad God. Blazik was there. Uh, I did the Unforgiven experience. I got up there on the rail, which was like a bucket list yes. item for me. So that was fantastic. And then the second show, I won Snake Pit Passes for that oh, one. Oh, God. And uh, brought a friend of mine who lives down in Tucson, and we went to the Phoenix show, and that was his first time for Metallica. So I've been on the rail and in the snake pit, so I'm not sure where to go from there. No. But uh, <laughs> I'll go see him no matter what. And um, I, I did the Unforgiven Experience in Birmingham. So, yeah, I, I was on the rail as well, and it was yeah, it was a treat. You know, there were several times, uh, like in Shorty Straw, where James was just, like, bang in front of me. And you feel like he's looking you in the eyes when he's looking everyone in the eyes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it was exactly. Very, very kindred uh, experience there. But what, what was the snake pit? How did that differ from the Unforgiven Experience? Did you have any sort of... I guess you're, you're, you're closer, or... Yeah, exactly. Like, you're on the rail, and then there's, like, you know, four or five feet between you and the stage, which is a little bit elevated, mm-hmm. which is, is great. Obviously, that's an awesome view, but there is no separation between the people and James and Kirk and Rob, and I just remember James on his knees jamming part of Now That We're Dead, and I was going, I can't believe I'm, like, close enough to touch james hetfield and then i forget which song it was but you know i got to slap hands with him once oh my god oh my god yeah my life's complete yeah yeah i um working on notes for the cunning stunts episode that we're going to review very soon and there's loads of great sections where all the band go out and there's just hordes of hands and james just high-fiving everyone and uh, yeah and very cool that you got to see those stadium shows as well if i remember it was avenge sevenfold volby and there was that mix master guy that everyone hated (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind Mixmaster Mike. Right, right. Uh, I actually love Volbeat. They played in St. Louis. Okay. And I'm not the biggest A7X fan, but they did. They put on a good show in Phoenix, so I can't complain. And Gojira was there. I, I really like that band. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, set list right now, and uh, Fade to Black was restarted due to James's guitar being out of tune. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. It was out of tune. They tried to re retune it about twice and then he kicked it off the stand and my first <laughs> thought was how much does that guitar cost that you're just yeah. kicking it off the stand <laughs> uh, uh, there's a there's a there's a great video online as well that i watched recently of them doing fade to black somewhere else and the uh, the final with the na 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 like the effect doesn't kick in and it's like the wimpiest <laughs> guitar sound you've ever heard but you know they're, they're pros and, and and james sort of plays it off but um that's very very cool and you know you got to see them at the arena show as well it's a shame actually because they um in the uk they they just well, they maybe a few weeks ago they announced the Download Festival, which is kind of mm-hmm. like the you know the predecessor to the Monsters of Rock Festival, Donington, and everyone thought Metallica was going to play because they were keeping that Sunday slot open, but it was actually Aussie. Um, so ah. I don't know if I mean I mean to be honest with you, Metallica could come over here and sell out Wembley Stadium for like two oh, or three nights, like you know, and I really hope they do. I think I think that would be awesome. But um, we will we will close as as we always do, Kevin, with a few quick fire questions. Um, wh- what is your favorite Metallica song? Uh, it's got to be Creeping Death. Come on. Yeah. It's it, hard to argue with that. It's what got me into Metallica, uh, especially that live version. 
that's just killer. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a great version the as well. Of Metallica. It it really is. It absolutely really is. It has everything. It has the you know the joining middle section. It has an unbelievable solo. It has a wonderful lyrical theme as well. It has James saying "Land of Goshen." Which I'm yeah. still, I still don't really know what that is, but it, you know, James has James has taught me that. Um, I fact, grew up in Christian school, so it was pretty cool that the Bible got made badass. Yeah, right. It's the most badass Christian song ever, like Creeping Dead, <laughs> yeah. and it's faithful. It's faithful. Um, wh- what about your favorite album? Uh, I think I alluded to it earlier, but it's Puppets. It's yeah. It it, it is the best album, I think. I think, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, obviously people are going to email. Well, well, no one e- emails in, you know, Alpha Metallica really, but people are going to tweet <laughs> us in. And um, but yeah, I I, I, I agree. I, I would personally think Puppets is up there as well. What, what are you your favorite member of the band? Uh, it's a tie between James and Jason Newstead. James. I just really respect Jason Newstead for what he did for the band. Just how he acts as sort of, you know. Never complaining about anything, doing your job, and I, I really miss his BGVs, to be honest. Mm. Uh, not that Rob's bad at all. He's he's an, an incredible bass player, but Jason's the guy for me. He he was, in many ways, the, the, the heart of the band, fan-wise, wasn't he? Like, the energy oh, yeah, absolutely. he put in was just, you know, out of this world. I mean, I mean seriously incredible. And what about... Um, so, so let's say you do a podcast, uh, you know, similar to Alf Metallica, about another band. What's another band that you could really talk about at length? I don't think I could talk about another band to this depth, but I think if there's not a podcast out there already, either Tool or Pink Floyd. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I I, I get Tool is always brought up on this show, and I don't really know Tool that well. They're one of my blind spots. Everyone's saying Enema, Enema, that album of theirs. <laughs> Enema. Enema um, has, been, has been told a few times to me. And I'm such a millennial, Kevin, because it's not on Spotify. I can't listen to it. Which is which is which is which is pathetic, really. But uh, you know, it's true. Um, and uh, yeah, Pink Floyd podcast. Come on, that would yeah, be incredible. Exactly. Yeah, I would, I would love to. Um, I actually got into Pink Floyd in the weirdest way. I remember seeing School of Rock, uh, the Jack Black oh, yeah. classic, and uh, there's that scene when he when they're all leaving the classroom, and he's giving them CDs to listen to, and he says to the the girl singer, "Listen to the Great Gig in the Sky for the vocal solo." And uh, mm-hmm. I remember at Christmas, I asked for Dark Side of the Moon. And, um, yeah, obviously, it's a you know, masterpiece, un- unbelievable, unbelievable record. But um, is, there, um, is there anything you'd like to promo? Any any, any Twitters? Any You don't do a podcast yourself, do you? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything to plug, just a regular civilian. <laughs> That's all good, man. That's all good. Like, uh, well, you know, please, as I said before... People get in touch with us. Uh, let us know what you thought about either Beholder. If you do want to come on the show um, and cover a topic or a song, uh, I'm happy, happy to have you. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica. Uh, if you want to support, leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Metal Up Your Podcast. Check out that podcast in general. Shout out Brad, Brad, <laughs> Brad Blazek as well. Um, and uh, Kevin, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on, Tom. <laughs>